You are listening to the Inspiring Your Shine podcast. Hello and welcome. It's Rebecca with Inspiring Your Shine. I am so excited that you're here today. I have a very special guest, my daughter Morgan. Morgan is our oldest daughter and she is very amazing. She's here visiting for the holidays, but I wanted her to come on and share with you some of the incredible information that she has learned and taught me about being a woman. And Morgan has always been just a very intelligent, amazing, dynamic person. She got her master's degree by the time she was 23 years old. She's very impressive. I think you'll think so too. And so I'm very excited to welcome Morgan here as we talk about all the things that you never knew about being a woman. So welcome, Morgan. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited. This is just information that truly has just changed my entire perspective on I mean, menstruation and what it means to be a woman and just, you know, the quote unquote curse that we've been given that truly is not a curse, but is something that we should truly embrace and know how to work with. And once you know how to work with your body, amazing things can happen. Absolutely. I, when she first started telling me about this stuff and sharing things that she had learned that I never in my whole life had ever heard or really been taught, I was just absolutely amazed. And so I think that you're in for a real treat as far as like, it's just another level of a way that we can honor who we are and who God made us to be as women and everything that we go through is all for a great purpose. So I, I'm, I'm excited for you to share this knowledge. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I think first and foremost, the, the lie that we've been taught is that menstruation is a curse, but truly menstruation actually should be pain and symptom free and any PMS that you're experiencing, any pain, any irritability, anything is your body trying to tell you that something is missing and that you just need to do something a little bit different and work with yourself a little bit more. We live in a society that is, we live in a masculine dominated society where it's go, 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 produce, produce, produce. But as women at at, at our core, the feminine energy is to exist, is to be, is to rest. That just in the society we live in has not allowed us to do so. And then In addition to living in this society, we also have just been completely misrepresented, misunderstood, misdiagnosed, and oppressed for for centuries. That we have all these diets, these exercise regimens, these self-care regimens, these routines that have been just forced upon us that really weren't actually designed with the delicate female body in, in mind, and that they're tools that weren't made for us. And so we're using tools that was intended for the male physiology that then is given to us. And we're the ones who are meant to feel like a failure for not sticking with this diet, for not sticking with this exercise routine, when really it's just, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, I found that so interesting when you started talking about it is this whole idea of you know, the feminine movement where it's kind of like that we are equal to men and we can keep up with them. And we are certainly equal in value to men and we contribute so much. But what is really cool is this, the way that Morgan looks at the feminine 
journey and what I've really learned through her is so much more about honoring your femininity, honoring who you are and how you're created that we actually were never designed to keep up with a man. And so one of the big things that I learned from you was about how we actually have a completely different hormone cycle Mm -hmm. than a man. And so the whole idea of us trying to keep up with a man is absolutely ridiculous. And so every day that we wake up and we try, we're just, we're not really ever going to succeed. And so I would love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, So what we have and everyone has is called the circadian rhythm, which is how the male hormone system follows. Every morning a male wakes up, Um, with all of the testosterone that he'll have for the day. That testosterone begins to drop around 3 o'clock, which is when you see a lot of happy hours and when you'll see a lot of socializing for men because the testosterone is that the masculine hormone that keeps the drive and keeps them focused and keeps them going. So about 3 or 4 o'clock, that's when it starts to dip, which is close to about when the workday ends, and then drops at night. They wake up the next morning in their sleep, And they're fresh, they're new every single day. And yeah, the, you know, necessary feminist movement, but now we're at this place that we're really understanding our bodies that, okay, can't we be just as valuable, but different? So what women have is we do have our circadian rhythms, we do have a 24 hour cycle, but our hormones follow the infradian rhythm. So an easy way to think about it is that men are the sun, that They show up every day the same, that they have the circadian rhythm, the 24-hour cycle, that the way that the sun comes up, rises, falls every single day is what the circadian rhythm looks like. Every single morning, wake up with all the testosterone they're going to use for that day. Then they can rest, recuperate at night when their hormone levels are the lowest. When they go to sleep and wake up the next day, their testosterone is right back to normal. Compared to the infradian rhythm, which is women are the moon, the infradian rhythm mimics the moon cycles of um, 28 days. It's a 20, about 28 day cycle where throughout the cycle, hormones are dropping and rising and falling through the different cycle phases. Yeah, so that's what's really ridiculous of us trying to say that we're the same as men because internally with our hormones, which are leading so many different things in our bodies and telling our bodies what to do essentially, then we have completely different things going on. Yeah, and it's different every single day. I think it's about your brain chemistry can change up to 25% throughout the different cycle phases. So that doesn't tell you that you're really not the same every single day the way that a man would be um, is an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. So in all of these times where we just thought we were crazy or feeling crazy because we can't feel the same, we feel completely different. It really only just comes down to these hormones, which Mm -hmm. we're going to break down in these four different seasons or um, cycles of our 28-day cycle. So with the infradian rhythm, there is four distinct phases of the cycle. And within these phases, we have our own superpowers within those phases. And this whole idea of following our own intuition, following our own bodies, following our own energy ebbs and flows, we're actually learning to manage our energy versus learning to manage our time. Mm, Because 
You know, if you try and wake up every day and you, you know, you start your diet, two, the first two weeks you're doing great. Things are great. It, you feel great. You're eating how you want and feeling full. To about two weeks later, you're irritable, seem hangry, things aren't working for you the same way, you're exhausted, and now you're a failure. When really the needs of your body are just different because we are not the same every single day um, at all. And this um, infradian rhythm impacts way more than just our hormones and our reproduction. It impacts our brain function, our metabolism, the microbiome, immune function, and reproduction. So there's more than just to it that it's not just what your uterus and your reproductive organs follow. It's literally your entire being. So trying to wake up and be the same every single day, you're doing yourself and your body a disservice, which um, they've done some studies with the circadian rhythm, which is what we all have. And even just people who work night shift, they were finding that disrupting the circadian rhythm and living out of our body's natural rhythms and cycles, people were much more likely to have heart issues, health issues, gut issues, because our bodies weren't acting in an optimal way. So by suppressing the infradian rhythm and by not living in a way where you're respecting what your body needs, its energetic needs, its physical needs throughout the cycle, you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're making it harder. And not to say that women aren't capable through every single cycle phase and, and every single day. Obviously, we've proved that we're very capable because we've done it, but there's a better way to do it. There's a way that you can have your cake and eat it too and menstruate without cramps, without anger, without irritability, without pain. It shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be as hard as we've made it be. And the reason we've made it so hard and the reason that things have been so hard is we've just been misunderstood. That even in research, the reason that men are used is because they're simple. They're much more simple by nature that no matter what day of the study that they're doing it on a man, it's still consistent because the way that a woman day to day is different every single day. So just a couple of facts for you that I found interesting is that um, women were not allowed in research until 1993. That absolutely blows my mind. I am like so shocked by that. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. So then they're doing all this medical research, all this exercise research, all this research of these diets that were done on men and then say, all right, it works for everybody. And that we're just then take that and then it doesn't work for us because our system is not the same. Um, actually, the largest estrogen study that was done in 1973 had about 8,300 men, zero women, estrogen study. <laughs> That's so absolutely ridiculous. But estrogen has also been given as hormone therapy for women for many years starting in the 70s. So how can they give us a therapy of estrogen when estrogen wasn't even tested on women's bodies? That doesn't make any sense. And even in exercise studies, only about 39% of the participants are women. That's great, right? Almost half. However, the times that they've done these exercise studies, it is more likely that the women will be in their first two phases, which is when our bodies mock and mimic more of a man 
because we have high levels of hormones, high level of testosterone. So even the women participants in these a lot of exercise studies aren't still representative of women throughout the menstrual cycle. Right. And I'm just curious, and I don't know, I know we've talked about it a little bit. This is a little bit of a side thing, but isn't it possible for our bodies are so amazing and so complex that when you are trying to suppress it, so for instance, like a gymnast or a a really hardcore athlete, they often stop menstruating. And is it because their body is trying to help them out and... Mm -hmm. Well, because it impacts brain function, metabolism, microbiome function, and reproduction, um, the first thing to go is going to be the non-essential system. So your body's under so much stress that it needs to start utilizing other nutrients and other ways to exist that it just turns off reproduction because... It's a non-essential system. You need to keep your immune function, your brain function, and metabolism. Those are more important because they're essential. So yeah, it's very common for, um, I think there was a triathlon study done that these women were training with as triathletes of, you know, running every day, biking every day, exercising every day, following this regimen. And at the end of it, almost all of them didn't have their menstrual cycle and either gained weight or stayed the same. So isn't that interesting that we can exercise every single day? And it, I, my background, my bachelor's degree is in health and exercise science. And it, all of our classes would talk about calories in, calories out. All you need to do is have a calorie deficit and you will lose weight. Well, guess what? That's not true. And even that I can test that, this common, common story over and over and over again. My husband and I have really just been starting to work on our lifestyle and start being healthier. We eat the same thing, we exercise the same amount, we're doing the same things. He has lost over 40 pounds while I have just lost shy of 20. If it really was as simple as calories in, calories out, we would be the same, but it is not that simple because our bodies are not that simple. Yeah, it's this, I just find this so fascinating because all of my life, when it came to anything around like hormones, it was just a negative thing of like, you're on PMS. Oh, you must be on your period. You know, like a lot of shaming and a lot of shaming myself even of when I would get really grouchy and things. And so what you're about to share with us, I find is so amazing because it really helps us to embrace and understand what's going on with our bodies and how we need to nurture ourselves different during different times of the month. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So even just to kind of show the, I guess, patriarchal hand in um, things that actually the first phase of your menstrual cycle is not your period. It should not be counted as your period. But back in the day, it was actually male gynecologists that couldn't figure out a way of when the cycle started other than when you bleed. So the first phase of your cycle is the day after you stop your bleed. That is called the follicular phase. And that correlates to um, spring. So that is your spring. That is when things are fresh, things are new. Your hormones will be at the very lowest concentration after menstruation and then start to increase as the days go on. Um, And then as your hormones start to increase, you'll notice energy increases as well. So I like to think about things because there are medical names, of course, of follicular, ovulation, luteal, and menstrual phase. But I do like correlating them to the seasons because 
it helps my brain to, you know, what does spring represent? Well, it is new life, new beginnings. That's when all of the foliage starts to come and the flowers start to come, that you're preparing for the warmth and openness and heat of summer. Um, so in your follicular phase, you have um, creativity, immense amount of creativity. It's the start of a new cycle. This is when you're going to be your most curious and your most open. Um, this is a great phase for you to start brainstorming, planning, preparing, exploring, and setting intentions for the cycle ahead. All what spring is about. I also like to think about things as the seasons because of um, our energy levels too. So each season has a certain amount of light. So I think of the sunlight as the amount of energy. So as spring goes on, so you know, February, it's a little cold still, but then as you get into April and May, things start to warm up. And the more light there is in the season, the more energy you have. So beginning of spring, things are still gonna be a little bit cold, but by the end of spring, you're gonna start to find yourself perking up. Um, even the foods that you eat um, matters because in the first half of our cycle, so in the follicular phase and the ovulation phase, our metabolisms actually are a little bit slower, which you would then associate a slow metabolism with um, bet equals bad. But what that actually means is that we are utilizing our nutrients so much better, that our body is, we're able to eat less food and still feel more satisfied because we need less calories. So these are the times, that's why the first two weeks of your diet always feels great. I can do this. I can eat my smoothie and a salad and I'm fine for the day. Well, yeah, because your body is able to utilize that energy most effectively. This is also the time that your exercise, you're going to have more energy. You're going to burn fat easier. You're going to gain lean muscle easier because your hormones are increasing and your body is starting a fresh new cycle. And this is all still in that spring season, yes. right after your cycle. Right after your right after your first your bleed, the first day after your bleed, and this phase lasts about seven to ten days. Of course, that depends on your cycle and how your body works, but that's on average how long things last. And then also just as I'm talking about this, remember we are dynamic cyclical beings as women. So it is not distinct spring, summer, winter, fall, just like the seasons, we flow into each one that there is, it's just the energy of the overall cycle. So it's not, oh, a week's up, I better start eating my ovulation foods. Most important thing, I think one of the things that as women we've been taken away from us is our intuition. Because I guarantee if you start listening to your body and kind of know what phase you're in, you're going to feel that, oh yeah, I am eating less. I do feel satisfied with just a smoothie in the morning. Um, so the time to, the foods to eat during this cycle are going to be fresh and vibrant foods. And because our metabolism is slower, that salad at lunch is going to fill you up. And then for um, the types of exercises, because our bodies are going to be burning fat easier and gaining lean muscle, this is the time that you can do the running, the biking, the high intensity interval training, and the more intense, long lasting exercises. Um, and then leading into um, summer, which would be ovulation, um, this is when the you'll have the highest concentration of hormones, 
well, you'll have the highest amount of energy and the increase of estrogen will provide you with stable moods. So this is when, you know, people were doing research on women. These are the phases that they were focusing on. And these are the phases that we feel good in. And this is more of that masculine energy that we do have that drive. We do have that will to keep going and to keep pushing. Um, the strengths of this phase is communication and collaboration. You are in your inner summer. You are at your hottest, you are at your best, you are feeling good. This is the time to be seen. This is the time to socialize. You will feel your most social and outgoing and your most outward self. And you think about it, what your body is doing is trying to get you a mate. You're <laughs> ovulating, you're ready. It, it, your physiology is pushing you to be outwards. So again, this is a phase where your metabolism is gonna be a little bit slower and digestion is going to be a little bit stronger, so you can eat lots of fruits and vegetables that will keep you filled up. And you actually definitely want to be focusing on fruits and vegetables during this phase, because by eating lots of fruits and vegetables in raw and cooked states, you'll help your liver metabolize estrogen and excess estrogen. And that supports you in upcoming phase, the fall phase, where if you have a disproportionate amount of progesterone to estrogen, that's when PMS happens. So if you're able to eat lots of raw, fresh foods and help your body metabolize that estrogen, you're going to have less PMS symptoms in the phases to follow. It's so awesome that we actually have more control over these things than we ever thought. Because we just kind of felt like this is just the way that oh, it yeah. is. And it was just like pure will that you had to control your mood and to be pleasant to everyone. But what you're saying is eating these foods and doing the right exercises and honoring yourself during these different phases really matters in your overall well-being and how mm -hmm. you're showing up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the way that we show up with our families and our friends and our foods and we just, we're expected to be the same every single day when we're not. And that's what it really just kind of comes down to is even if you don't change anything about your diet, just recognizing that I don't need to be the same every single day. And I have superpowers throughout each phase that if you can optimize, if you can host that dinner party while you're ovulating and when you're going to be the most social and outgoing, that's going to fill you up better rather than trying to pretend that you're feeling good and alive and active during menstruation. And you're just exhausted. And you're just exhausted as, as you should be yeah. because that's the energy of that phase. Yeah. So we can actually, how you said is we're so used to trying to control like our time and and fit so many things in, what we should be looking at is looking at our phases and scheduling our life around our phases when we're going to be able to show mm -hmm. up our best or when it's a time where, like for me in my business, when I want to be, you know, showing up live or I want to be doing things that are promoting something new would be during this spring, summer phase. Definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, you're, it's just utilizing the energy that you're given. It doesn't make sense to wear a winter coat when it's your summer, just like it doesn't make sense to wear a bikini in the winter. Like you're just using the tools. And of course, we're capable no matter what. You are more than capable to go live and to focus on your stuff during any phase. 
But if you can optimize that, if you can kind of, all right, this is when I'm going to plan my content in spring. I'm going to record my content and go network and meetings during my summer. That's going to fill you up, first of all, give you more motivation and energy to keep doing the things that you're doing because you're not fighting against your own nature. Yeah. And I think we've all been there where it's like you're about to start, you're in your PMS or you're in your cycle and you're trying to do something and you're trying to do something and you're just not feeling it. You know, you're showing up, but you're in a kind of a raunchy mood and you're no energy and you just can't wait for people to leave. So like, I think we all can relate to that and have all been there, the pushing through the striving. And so I love the idea of now when I now knowing these things, I'm able to say, you know what, I can say no, or I don't have to do that. Or you know, like honoring myself that way. Definitely. And and we want to mention too that this really is for women who are in the menstruation phase. So if you've had a hysterectomy or you're no longer um, having a cycle, then it, it may not be exactly the same as you, but I think that most people that listen to my show are in their ovulation. But, time, even, time. but even with that, there are still ways to honor your feminine energy because we live in such a masculine dominated world that... Even if you don't menstruate, you're not actually menstruating, that doesn't mean that you can't not benefit from living cyclically and being dynamic because that's who we are by nature. We are intended to be dynamic and fluid and ever-changing. I think people have compared it to where the male energy is a mountain. It is stable no matter what the weather, no matter what the elements, that mountain is not being moved. Whereas women are water, we're the ocean, that we can be calm and still, but during a storm, there's waves crashing and we're constantly moving, we're constantly changing. That's the benefit of being a woman. So I would suggest if there are people who are like, man, I really would love to get involved with something like that, but I don't have any cycle to base this with, go off of the moon. The moon, we are the moon. The moon is a perfect representation of the feminine energy that each phase of the moon actually correlates to a cycle phase and that you can still manage your energy rather than managing your time and just exist better. And when the moon is dark, rest. When the moon is bright, that is going to be more symbolic of like ovulation and kind of that whole idea of what I said of the seasons and following the light that follow the light of the moon, let the moon guide you because... I think anyone. Yeah, I I think that's really brilliant because you think about God gave us those things. And I think that as time has went on, as we've evolved in ways, we've actually lost touch with the things that he did give us that help us. You know, I mean, they certainly used to do a lot of things around like the planting season and the harvest season and all of that went along with things. And so I think that there's a lot to be said about that. I definitely would say that humans have evolved have not evolved to a place where we should just be living in concrete and not connecting with nature in any way. So even just basing your life and looking at the month and reflecting on the month based off of the moon um, or, or your menstrual cycle, either way, you're still being able to have those reflections that in that t- quiet time. I mean, when was the last time you took a day of rest? Right even though you should be taking multiple days of rest each month. Right. And back in the day, the women used to 
the whole time they were bleeding, they were forced to rest. And they went Wouldn't into... would that be nice? They went into, like, if you've ever heard of it, the Red Tent. And, yeah, and they just... They were there all just together. And yeah. there's a book about it. Yeah. Just to kind of keep going back into the different phases. So we were at summer or ovulation. Um, so this is when you want to eat lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and then your exercise, because your estrogen and testosterone are so high, you're going to have energy to do those intense workouts. So, um, some suggestions would be kickboxing, um, boot camp classes, power yoga, and, um, as just a, because you're your most social, this might be the best time to consider even group classes and times to be social because that is going to make you feel your best too. Um, and then just a couple of last minute things about, so this would be the first half of your cycle, that spring and summer. This is all pre-ovulation. You're going to have reduced cortisol levels and cortisol is the stress hormone. So that's why you feel less stress because your body has reduced cortisol levels. You have a lower metabolism, so you can eat less and feel full for longer. Um, your body is going to optimize your fat stores and build lean muscle. Um, and then... Again, the foods that you want to eat during this is lots of plants in both cooked and raw states. And eating, if you're, you know, your goal is to lose a little bit more weight, this might be the time to restrict your calories a little bit because your body can handle it without feeling those great dips in energy. And then after ovulation is when you'll enter your luteal phase. And this is the longest phase that we have. This phase is about... 10 to 14 days. I realize I didn't say how long um, ovulation is. That's a, about three to four days or so. But again, we are fluid and go through it. So there's not a distinct shift. But we all could know and look at, especially if you were like a journaler or you really were in touch with yourself, you could look and be like, I felt so good during those days. Yeah. I was just, I could do so much. I got so much done. I just felt happy and everything was great and life was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then things start to shift. And things are shift. But even that, I still sense the negativity in your voice because we've just been so conditioned to like, oh, the last week of my cycle, the last two weeks, the week before your period and then your period, it's just miserable. But it doesn't have to be miserable. It's because you're trying to do the same things that you were doing during your outer summer or your inner summer during your interwinter, which doesn't make sense. You wouldn't walk outside in the winter in a shorts and a tank top and be like, why am I cold? Well, you're cold because you're intended to be cold right now. It's winter. <laughs> um, so then just kind of to talk about the, the luteal phase, which, again, every single phase has its superpower. This is your work phase. So I kind of, it's been compared to the idea of nesting um, because your body has the potential, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, your body doesn't know that and thinks I could potentially be pregnant. Therefore, you have the this time of completion. Any unfinished projects that you started in the beginning of your cycle, this is the time to wrap things up. This is the time to do the little mundane paperwork, house projects that you don't wanna do that actually is gonna feel more satisfying to you during this phase because that's where your brain is wired to do. Tie up loose ends. Nesting, you're nesting. And this um, is in fall. This is in fall. This is right after your ovulation phase. So this is when PMS occurs when estrogen is higher than progesterone, which is why it's so important during the first two phases of your cycle to be feeding yourselves rich, nutritious, lots of fruits and vegetables 
to be able to have those compounds to help you metabolize excess estrogen. And because since our body doesn't know whether we're actually trying to have a child or not, and its only job is to prepare while we're in these ovulation years is to prepare for a child that it what it's doing is it's preparing for a child so if we don't give it those nutrients it's going to take what it needs that's why we feel so low Mm -hmm. if we're not fueling our body properly yeah well the whole focus of the second half is going to be on protecting yourself in case you're pregnant which is why your cortisol that stress hormone your cortisol is higher during the second or the last two phases because you might be pregnant and your body's going to protect you. This is also the time that, that your fat stores, it's going to hold on to fat and actually not going to give that up because what if I'm pregnant and I need to have energy to create a baby if, if that's what happened. Your body doesn't know. It's just doing what it's supposed to do, which is to protect you and the child, potential child. It yeah. doesn't know if it's fertilized or not that really changed my world when you told me that and and also it made me realize is this is the phase that you were saying about like more nesting and getting things done but we're still trying to live our life the same every day and we're not really just doing what would be best for us a lot of times so we're striving and we're pushing because we maybe need more rest we need need more nutrients Mm -hmm. they we maybe didn't give ourselves in the other phase and so what do we do we start eating sugar to compensate. And that's a perfect transition into, in this phase, your metabolism speeds up, which that you would associate that with, oh, I can eat less. No, because your body is burning through that energy. That smoothie you were drinking last week is not going to cut it because your body is going to burn through that in an hour. And that's that decrease of blood sugar is what gets us to be irritable and moody. So actually during the second two phases or the last two phases of your cycle, you should be eating more calories. Wow. And that's not something I learned in my health and exercise science classes. I was taught calories in, calories out. When you actually need more calories during those two phases, otherwise your body is going to start looking for that quick energy. And where does that quick energy come from? Sugar refined carbs. It's going to just look for that hit to be able to get your blood sugar stabilized. So before I get into the food and exercise, I did just want to mention the strengths of this phase. Like I kind of had talked about before, this is the time of completion. This is also the time of nurturing, tending, and finishing those projects. And you're not going to be wanting to go to happy hour with your girlfriends as much this phase. This is the time to Clean out your closet, clean out your room, finish up some paperwork. That's going to be what's going to satisfy you most rather than just pushing forward. Going back to the food, so you're not just craving sugar. A way to compensate this is to start eating slow, burning, and complex carbohydrates, um, which is also going to help stabilize your dopamine and serotonin and help prevent mood swings. So just as kind of an example, um, for things I eat for breakfast, I'll make these little oatmeal muffins. And during my spring and summer with a follicular phase and the ovulation phase, a muffin and a banana is satisfactory for me and I will feel full until lunch. 
um, for when I enter my fall luteal phase, I might eat that same muffin, but I'm gonna add sweet potatoes and egg, maybe a little bit of bacon or sausage, and I'm gonna eat that meal. It's gonna satisfy me and keep me fuller for longer. That is so cool because so many of us get into this habit of we just eat the same things. And this whole idea of like really knowing how to honor yourself and your hormone cycles as a woman, like most people would say like, oh my gosh, that's so much food, but it's what you need. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason why I'm in there grabbing a cupcake or chocolate in the middle of my day when I'm feeling really depleted is because my body is like needing something, but I'm just not feeding it what it needs. So that is just like so encouraging because it used to make me just feel like I just have no self-control, which I do think that there's part of that. I have developed a habit of not having the self-control to make wise choices. But I think that mostly it's that I never honored my body and what it needed. And I was always just trying to push and strive every single day. My job hasn't changed. My responsibilities haven't changed. So I am just like pushing myself to get through. And since you've told me a lot of these things, and we're not even done yet, but you guys, this has really changed the way that I view and give grace to myself. Because I will recognize like I'm, you know, getting ready to start my cycle and I need to allow myself just more time to just rest and not feel like I need to do all the things. And maybe this is the time that I watch a little more TV or read mm-hmm. or research. Or sleep. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> Why are you so exhausted? Because you have lower energy. You have lower, your hormones are at a lower level than they were two weeks ago. You are not the same every single day. So I think even for me of like, man, why am I so grumpy and hungry? Oh yeah, duh, I'm in fall. I need more calories. So it also helps you to feel less guilt of we've been conditioned in this. You're not disciplined enough. You're not self-controlled enough. You aren't losing weight because you're not doing You're eating, you're overeating, you're not working out. When really working out in the same intensity that you were during spring and summer is actually going to do more harm than good to your body. Um, So in the luteal phase, um, again, this is the longest phase. So this is about 10 to 14 days. Um, And again, we flow through things. So it's not a distinct stop exercising heavy. Um, So the first half of your luteal phase, your hormones still will be pretty high and you will have some energy, not as much in your ovulation phase. So this would be the time to focus on muscle building and strength training. But the closer you get to your cycle and your bleed is when you're going to want to do less intense workouts. What your body is going to do is actually store fat and break down muscle. It's not going to continue to operate the same way it was in the first half of your cycle because your body's needs are different. Again, you might be pregnant. It needs to hold on to fat, which is the most rich source of energy for our bodies. So it's going to break down muscle because it needs this fat in case we're pregnant. Wow. Leading into menstruation, this is when your hormones are going to be at their lowest concentration and this phase is associated with winter. So what do you do in the winter? There's less light. It's dark by five, six o'clock. You stay inside, you cozy up, you relax. This is the time that you should be relaxing. This is also the time that our evaluation and our intuition is going to be the highest 
because we the two halves of our brain um, are connected by the corpus callosum, I think it is, and that is the strongest during menstruation, which means whatever you're feeling and whatever you're reflecting on and your instincts are saying, oh man, maybe this relationship or this job isn't the best for me, your brain is communicating the most effective way that this is the time to reflect. This is the time to pay attention to those feelings and those things that we're not willing to accept, but it's the time that's the most accurate. Our feelings of, oh, I'm so miserable, my life sucks, during our periods are representative of what our actual thoughts and feelings are because that's when our intuition and evaluation are the strongest. So we're most in touch with ourselves Mm -hmm. during our period. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is the time to relax, to reflect, to think about what do I need to change for the next upcoming cycle. I mean, it's a death and rebirth process that we go through every single month. That's the death. That is the time that our body is letting go of all of the crap that we picked up on. It is literally releasing what didn't serve us anymore, which is what we should be doing. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. It gives you a whole different, like, perspective on the appreciation of your period. And so I think we can finish up here, but I think, I mean, like, I want you to finish with your winter, and I don't want to interrupt you too much. I want them to know more about the foods and the exercises of winter. But then I would love for you to share with them your journey and why this Mm -hmm. has become so relevant to you. Yeah. The foods that you'd want to eat during um, menstruation is, again, you have your lowest hormone concentrations, so you want to be eating more fats and proteins to help keep the brain stable. You want to eat protein to help with hormone synthesis because the base block of our hormones are those proteins. So we want to remineralize because during menstruation we'll be losing iron and zinc. And then we want to help our body for the upcoming cycle be able to create the hormones. So by eating more protein, by eating more fats to help nourish our bodies in a way. Um, So I think I've heard that like the keto diet, like a clean keto diet is kind of what you would want to be eating during menstruation. Focusing a lot on just very nutrient dense, rich, heavy feeling foods because you want to nourish your body in that way where those heavy feeling foods aren't going to feel as good during summer. But, you know, thinking about even the foods you would eat in winter, like soups, warm foods. Uh, One thing I did want to mention is there's, there's so much. <laughs> Even our digestion is stronger in the spring and summer. So you definitely don't want to be eating as many raw foods during fall and winter because our digestion isn't as strong. So you want to be focusing on warm, nutritious, nourishing, warm foods. So I would definitely suggest still eating vegetables and stuff, of course, but maybe trying to focus on eating vegetables more in a cooked state versus a raw state like you would um, in the first two halves of summer and spring. And that's really valuable information because so many people have digestive issues around their cycle time. I know that your sisters really struggled. Like they would get stomach aches and have all kinds of problems. And so you're saying to really just eat, be a little more mindful and like understand that you have a little bit more of a delicate sensitivity mm-hmm. in your digestion at that time. Mm-hmm. So cooking your foods is going to help your the digestion process because it's easier to digest a cooked carrot versus a raw carrot. So this wouldn't be a great time for somebody who's dieting to eat only salads. No. Way too cold. 
right. way too hard for your body to digest at this time. Yeah. So you're not going to feel your best if you're doing that. Like you can do that, but it's not going to yeah, be effective. It's not going to serve you. Right. Definitely. Um, then you also want to eat foods with a low glycemic index to help keep your blood sugar stable. Um, so that would mean, you know, avoiding foods that are going to burn really fast. Like I said, that smoothie that's going to keep you full during ovulation is not going to keep you full during menstruation. You need dense, heavier foods. That's so interesting because a lot of times during my cycle, because I'm feeling really tired and groggy and just not feeling, like you were saying, like feeling more reflective and just wanting to kind of be alone, then I would tend to eat and want like bread or something like that. And that's, you're saying that's actually a really bad choice. So I would eat like a cookie or a bread, but but I was making the worst choice for what I actually need during that time. Yeah, because you want to keep your blood sugar stable to avoid those dips in energy, which affects your mood. So maybe potatoes, potatoes and some broccoli and maybe some beef if you if you eat meat just things that are going to be keep you full for a long period of time like oatmeal or Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome Um, and then the exercise that you would want to do during this phase um you have low hormones which means you have low energy again any intense exercise is going to backfire because your body is going to turn on fat storage and cause muscle wasting so what exercise I would suggest during the menstrual phase? Sleep. <laughs> Don't exercise. If you feel so inclined, take a walk. Do some floor work. Do stretch. Do a very, very low intensity yoga. But please, please, please do not overexert yourself. And, you know, we still do have to show up in our lives. We still do have to show up to work. We still do have to show up for our children and our partners and our friends. But if we can just be mindful of, okay, I'm not going to plan a dinner party next weekend because I know I'm about to start. Even today, I know that I'm close to having my cycle. I'm here visiting family. I'm doing it to where I'm doing one thing per day because if I went to go try and see and visit some friends after recording this, I'm going to be exhausted and I'm not going to be fully present. I'm not going to be fully there and I'm going to feel beat myself up because why can't you just enjoy and be here with your friends and be social when that's not my superpower right now. My superpower is not to be social, active, and outgoing. My superpower is to be introspective, reflective, and relax. Yeah. It's just, I just love this stuff. And so I hope that you guys have really kind of grasped this a little bit if you've never heard about it. I guess I heard about it a little bit here and there, but not so much in depth. And I just think it's it's just a whole other layer of knowledge that Mm -hmm. we can give um, to ourselves, to honor ourselves, and, and to honor our bodies, and to think about all the times that we were working so hard and dieting and exercising really hard throughout, like, the entire month, and not realizing that there were some things that we were doing that were in vain, that were actually mm-hmm. not good for us, and then we're frustrated that our results aren't as good, mm-hmm. and so it just is it's so wonderful to start thinking about these things, and there is, like, so much to learn, but I would love for you to share with them, like, why this intrigued you. Like, why did you ever learn this? Because, like you said, this isn't something you learned in your health and exercise <laughs> college courses and not anything I ever heard in all of my life. Certainly, they don't teach it in school. And so how did you get here? How did you learn yeah. about this? 
Yeah, so actually before this, I wasn't even menstruating because I had horrible, horrible, horrible cramps where I remember being a teenager and would take like oxycodone and it still wouldn't even touch the pain. Like I would have to miss school and it was just so painful that I ended up getting an IUD and was just so pleased that I don't have to have a period anymore. I lost my period completely for about six years. So actually about maybe in May, so about six, seven months ago, I was listening to um, Organic Olivia's podcast, um, What's the Juice? And she had a guest on um, named Alyssa VT, I think is how she says her last name. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Where she talked pretty much all about this whole idea of cycle syncing. And my mind was blown. And um, I ordered her book. It's called In the Flow. Definitely, if this is something that intrigues you and you want to know more about, that is a book that I just, every page, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, just (sighs) what the heck? I've just been lied to my entire life that I just have to suffer with this. Um, Pretty much everything I said, she goes into more detail and gives you a lot of good information of how to best serve yourself through each cycle phase. So then I got her book and two weeks later I had an appointment to get my IUD removed because I wanted to be a part of this. That I've been told that being a female and having this cycle is a curse when really it's a, it's a superpower. So got off my birth control and have never felt more alive that I have even started to notice changes. So the very first cycle that I had post getting out my IUD, um, I was cramping as intense as I did when I was a teenager. And like, this is why I got on my birth control in the first place, because this sucks. And every cycle since then, I think I started cramping about a week before my period. And every cycle since, it has been less and less. And this last cycle I just had, I only had to take pain medicine one day when I used to have to take it a week before my period even started just how intense the cramps were and I've definitely like cleaned up my diet a lot but even just being aware I think changed things dramatically for me even just being aware that of course I'm tired of course I'm hungry I I didn't eat anything today and I need to increase my calories because I'm in my fall and being okay with that and being okay with there are going to be times where I'm not going to want as much physical affection from my husband because I'm more introspection and that doesn't mean that our marriage is not doing good but it just means that I'm in a different place energetically than I was last week because I'm different every single day. Yeah, I love that. And so then it gives you more knowledge about what you're going through. So then you can communicate how you're feeling to your spouse so that they can honor what you need as well, Mm -hmm. which I think is like what is really beautiful about a good marriage is Mm -hmm. being able to do that and honor each other and what our needs are. Just like if he had a really hard day at work, then we would try to be more gentle to him in the evening because that's what he needs. Mm -hmm. And so he needs to learn how to be gentle to us throughout our ever changing Mm -hmm. things. And if we can get on top of him and now I'm in a different situation in that I'm starting to not have a regular cycle all the time. And so I, I've i been asking her, like, well, how does this compare to me? So I really love that whole idea about 
the the moon and really just trying to think about it in in that way because most likely I'm going to be in sync with that because that's kind of the mm-hmm. way that God has set things up. So I I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing all of this knowledge with us. And I would love to have you back and to go into some other things about how it, you know, impacts you. And I mean, I would love to even know like how the birth control is impacting people because certainly lots of women are on birth control. And maybe as much as we don't, you know, we want to be able to plan our, our families and things like it may not be doing great things for their bodies. Oh, it's. Birth control definitely has its place and, you know, not to like try and fear monger anybody, but there are definitely ways to avoid a pregnancy without birth control because birth control can actually shrink your uterus and fallopian tubes to where you look postmenopausal. Wow. And so there are definitely, I mean, we, as we talked about in the beginning, we have not been represented in research the way that we should be and that I think the way that birth control is used is a band-aid oh you're having you're having cramps here here's an IUD oh you're having acne here here's the pill when we haven't been taught that there are other ways to improve your hormones that don't involve a medicine yeah that you can do it by resting and eating and living your life in accordance to what your body actually needs. I love that. And you're really a testimony to that because in the times that you got your IUD out and you've started really eating is when you were able to start losing that weight without doing anything, no exercise for the most part, not any intense exercise, but just really fueling your body properly mm-hmm. and and yeah. not really denying yourself either mm-hmm. like if you want something sweet or whatever you do it but kind of trying to honor in this these different phases in the way that you were sharing which I've really appreciated because you'll send me recipes and things and so what we can do for you guys is she's made kind of like a, a little guide of things that you should be eating in the different phases and so we'll make sure that that's available for you to download and then you can be looking out for her blog and it's going to be called Morganite Magic. So my daughter's name is Morgan and Morganite is a really incredible crystal that is, you can explain what Morganite (laughs) means. (laughs) Yeah, Morganite I think it symbolizes compassion and love and just it's very gentle gemstone that I just liked this soft pink hue. It just really, I think, embraces um, the feminine spirit. So wanted to do Morganite and then um, magic because, I mean, it really is magical to be, to be a woman. And it really is just, we have this magic that lives within us that just needs to be tapped into. I would suggest, um, you know, starting today, things that you could do if you're like, I would love to start implementing these things. Know where you're at in your cycle. Somehow, some way, track. Even, you know, if you're in a premenopausal state and you're not consistent with your cycle, just knowing where you are, I think helps. Because even if you don't, I don't have the time to think about food and exercise and that's completely fine. Start with what you can start with. Knowing where you're at in your cycle is so pivotal because then you'll be able to tell, oh yeah, 
okay, that makes sense that I'm a little bit hungrier today because I'm about to start. Or it makes sense that I'm really energized and want to hang out and how can I satisfy that need? So I would definitely recommend um, tracking your cycle somehow, some way. If you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, they actually have things in there that help you to track. Also, um, there is an app that I downloaded that I really appreciate called Moody. And it's M-O-O-D-Y. And it's phenomenal because it goes right along with all of this stuff where it will actually give you exercise recommendations for the the time that you should be in. And you get to kind of modify it if that's not exactly you, which I've had to do. But it's really great because it gives you a lot of tools. And it does help you to track so that you know kind of where you're at. And mm-hmm. it, get, it there's a lot of different things on there. So I really appreciate that one. It's yeah. really good. Thank you so much, Morgan, for being here. I so appreciate your time and just giving of your knowledge because that has been a lot of studying that you've done and you've been able to kind of break it down and share that with us about how to honor our different seasons. And And so I really think that it's going to be so good for us to be who we want to be in the world and to serve in what I like to say is to shine bright. We can shine bright better by honoring who we are and where we're at in our cycle. So thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate your time. It was like such an honor to be here with you and share your like amazing wisdom with all of my listeners. Well, thank you so much. I, I love sharing. Thank you.